What's up, human? Welcome to the Revenue Real Hotline. I'm Amy Rehovchek. More importantly, I'm excited you decided to join us today. I know you've got a ton of options and I appreciate you. This is a show about all the hard and uncomfortable conversations that arise while generating revenue and how to think or rethink what you're doing, why you're doing it, and then of course, how to execute differently. And like I said, I'm happy you decided to come along for the ride. Don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen so you can be notified each time a new episode drops. And do me a favor, friend, don't tell anybody about the show. Let's keep it our little secret. I'm Amy Rehovchek. This is the Revenue Real Hotline. Enjoy. Kate Lighty, welcome to the Revenue Real Hotline, friend. I am honored that you have have made time for us today, friend. You're honored. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, so Kate, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do every day, and then we'll we'll take it from there. My name is Kate Lighty. And I am the CEO of Strively, and I prepare people who are coming out of the U.S. prison system for careers in tech sales. That was a pretty concise <laughs> You can count on me for brevity. <laughs> what else can you say? That was awesome. I mean, I just, I respect it so much. I want to say that again for the listeners, for anybody that caught that. Kate's mission, she works with people coming out of the U.S. prison system to help reskill them. And I would imagine breathing a great deal of belief into them and treating them like human beings that are not lost forever and giving them some hope and a brighter path into not just a pretty baller profession, but a high earning profession as well. And so, Kate, on the off chance you haven't heard this yet today, thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for being the only person that I know. And I know a lot of people that's doing anything like this. And I think it's fucking awesome. I think it's awesome. Um, it, it's an honor and a privilege, I assure you. So how did this passion for incarcerated humans, like I'm, I'm remembering a stat that you said, or that we talked about once, but 75% of people that are coming out of the prison system return, return. Yeah. 75%. That's insane. That's wild, right? What a waste. And so it's like looking for housing. It's a problem looking for jobs. It's a problem. I mean, and even I think about like the the ray of hope, what was it, Florida last year that voted to make um, a felony conviction, not bar someone from being able to vote, which was then, so again, not even being allowed to vote, but that was overturned by the public. But then the governor like came in and would like, whatever, it's too disruptive to the the voting blocks. Um, So that's a different story. But anyway, I think it's awesome. How did this become a passion for you? Elsa's story, friend. Yeah, I I grew up in tech. Um, I I joined my first startup in 2004, and had the opportunity to go from you know little tiny startup all the way through IPO with Rackspace, um, and then I went on to um, work at six more startups. Okay. Um, and then by the time it was you know 2019, I was on my seventh. I was exhausted. I was completely burned out. I could not find joy in my job at all. I didn't want to show up. I wasn't really showing up, but I had a friend, my best friend, shout out to Ivy Jensen, who said, why don't you go be of service to someone and see if that helped you? And I had the opportunity to go to Soledad, uh, which is a state prison 
um, here in California in the Valley and volunteer with Hartnell College to teach employment skills. So how to write a resume, how to present yourself in an interview. I'd never been to prison. I didn't know anyone in prison. I had no idea what to expect. And I went in that day and these guys completely blew me away. I just um, immediately saw a room full of talent, people who were naturally curious, who were ambitious, who who asked really great questions. And I thought these guys would make fantastic salespeople. They would make great tech salespeople. Someone should start a nonprofit. Not being me, of course. <laughs> um, and, you know, being a single mom, I'm a mom of, you know, two, three young kids, uh, sorry, two young kids and, and one grown kid. And so starting a nonprofit is not really make a ton of sense, but 2020 happened and, you know, the world came screeching to a halt. My company immediately went under. Uh, my kids and I moved in with my parents um, so that we could do distance learning and they could help me and just get through the pandemic. And in a little bedroom in my parents' house, I just started building the program. And in November of 2020, we put our first group of five women through. It completely changed my life in every single way in the best way. Wow. There's so many things that you said there. I just started putting programs together. I just want to write that down. Okay. So have you ever read Conversations with God? Have you ever read this book? I know the book, but I don't think I've read it. And if okay. I did, I forgot. Okay. This is like never a book that I would have picked up. Okay. So I was raised in a fundamentalist Christian household. The only rule in high school was if you're not in church on Sunday, like you can't go out the following Saturday. I did everything in my power to try to like Ben, my father's well on this one. Nothing worked. I speak about this on the other episodes or whatever. It's not an issue. But when I turned 18, I wanted nothing to do with it, right? So I would have never picked up this book. But I did one of the, like Ryan Holiday does these challenges and he does this read to lead challenge and it, it changed my life. But one of the challenges that day was um, like, go talk to somebody that you respect and trust and ask them for the book that changed their life and then read it. And so I was working with a professional coach at that, at that moment. Um, her name was Laura. And so then she sent me to conversations with God. And I was like, God damn it. Like I gotta, now I gotta read this. <laughs> anyway, it was life altering. And that long diatribe was all to say that there's a line in there and it talks about remembering. And so think of the word remember and imagine a hyphen in between re and member. And so this kind of plays on your girlfriend's advice that she gave you, your friend's advice that like, go be of service to others and see if that helps you. Like part of our experience on this planet is to remember that we're here for each other. And the challenge though, is that in order to make that sustainable, right, we need to take care of ourselves first, which it's, it's very counterintuitive, right? It's like that, you know, put your own oxygen mask on or fill up your own damn cup or you're of no use to anyone. I thought that that was beautiful. And I like, I almost want to like be friends with your friend. Like if, if I could have somebody in my ear like that to remind me of that kind of stuff. I'll introduce you. And also just on that yeah. note, at the same time, I was reading How Can I Help by Ram Dass. So okay. it all just sort of it's a perfect storm collided. Yeah. And I love it. I just started putting it together. So you started creating first and then like great things come. Okay. But before we go into the Strively, I want to talk about this seventh organization and being burned out. Mm. Okay. Let's do it. 
I, I'm trying, I don't want to put my own like biases onto the conversation, but I, I don't know if we've ever spoken about like my, my red pill, blue pill analogy when it comes to culture, right? When you've worked at a great place, it's like you've taken the red pill and you can never unlearn what that feels like. Yes. And it makes the being at places that are not like that, which is about 80% of them, like way fucking harder, way harder. I mean, rock space to me was like, it was the greatest job I think I'll ever have. And then mm -hmm. it's like being in love with someone who's super great. And then you guys break up and you have to go date other people. And you're like, well, no one will ever be as good as that person. So every company I went to, I was looking for, I was looking for a rock space and I couldn't, I couldn't find it. Um, I, 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 I can relate to that. And this is why Ryan Walsh and Repview. Um, was episode number one, right? Because that's the, he's doing the Lord's work as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And so we're going to start with that. But I think a lot of people can relate to that. Let's talk about though, this, what happens after, so Rockspace was, what number was that in the seven? One. <laughs> <laughs> number one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like, do we, <laughs> do no. we need to go any further? Like, um, what did it feel like? Let's say on attempt number five or attempt number six, like oh talk God. to me about the self-doubt that starts to creep in at that point or like, so we're just, where was your head at? It, well, it's not even like, I don't even think that's the right. Okay. Well, tell me what it was. I don't even think it's self-doubt. It's like impending doom. <laughs> like I knew in my heart of hearts, I was not, I couldn't do it anymore. I was never going to be, I was never going to be good at it. But also, if you don't have some, like, if you don't know what you can or want to do, then it's very problematic. Yeah. Um, and I had no idea. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I was good at anymore. Yeah. So listeners, if anybody can relate to that, one of the things that I found to work very well in moments like that is to think about what I don't want to do first and kind of work my way into it from that. I also speak about um, finding sales enablement and kind of going through my resume and like looking at all the bullets on the resume and forcing myself to put them into three categories, loved it, hated it, indifferent. And that, that helped me to kind of get a little bit closer. Um, but like, Kate, like, were you like, were you hitting your number? Like where, where was the doom feelings of doom coming from? Was it about like, I'm, a, I'm on a pip and I'm going to be fired again? Definitely on a pip, definitely messing up. I couldn't care. I just couldn't you care. care. Yeah. I couldn't care. You made lists. I went to the trail and I walked and and cried. Mm -hmm. That's what I, I would just walk and cry. And I would listen to podcasts about whatever. I, I don't know. It's just trying to get inspiration. Yeah. So you just started creating the program. I like, I think that that's so baller. All right. So, to, so let's go back to Strive. So walk us through like what happened when you created the program, like, how does one even just do you go and knock on a prison door and say like, hey, like, I want to, you know, like, how do you even start to form those relationships? And then I'm very curious to hear about what the conversations are like with sales bosses or sales leaders um, who, who could potentially be pulling from this candidate pool. So like, to, just walk me through the process and then we'll go to the, like, how is the market received this? <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I had, I didn't have a ton of faith that it would be received. Um, but I had, I had a mentor, Kathleen Nielsen, who has a ton of experience building businesses and um, experience in nonprofits. And 
I told her my idea and she was like, I love it. Let's just start planning. So we started planning and I, I didn't have a lot of faith, but I don't know, it, looking back, it's like hard to even, it feels like a blur. It's hard to, to say exactly how it all happened. It's like it just unfolded. And every single step I've taken in building this program, um, it's like the path is just like, oh, like just being created in front of me and I'm just taking steps and it's just happening, just going. Um, and so the first group that came through our program, wonderful five women, um, and they trusted me to guide them. And I will tell you, I'll still tell you a story of one of them. She's yeah. on our board, Margaret Maloney. Okay. And um, when I met her, she had experience. Um, she had experience and she just didn't know what to do with it. And um, she really wanted to be in tech, really wanted to be in tech. And I was like, I, I think I can help you. And so she came through the program and she was the hardest working person I had ever met in my entire life. I've, I've never seen her tire and I pushed her really hard like I do everyone mm -hmm. um, because I want everyone to be the best when they leave our program so I didn't have any hiring partners no one really knew what I was doing I'm mean, going to made a few announcements but I was like just doing my my research okay well who do you want to work for and we kind of zeroed in on Gong we didn't have any connections there so we just went in the old-fashioned way like send your resume in. And we did a cover letter with a video that she recorded 47,000 times, almost to the point where I like, I, I thought maybe it was going to break her, but she just never gave up. Okay. And so every interview she went through, we spent so much time preparing and coaching and going is a very difficult interview process. They don't, it's a lot. Um, and so when she finally got the offer, she called me on the phone and I was crying. She was crying. We were so excited. But then we were like, okay, now we have to get through the background part of it because no one knows. You hadn't disclosed it yet. Or right. you have chosen to wait until, right. Okay. That makes sense. Give her a fair shot. But then, you know, when it's time to disclose and you disclose because we want to be transparent and it's just a better way to be. And I will give credit to Gong. They gave you know, they gave her every opportunity and she had the ability to explain herself. They hired her. She actually moved out from Arizona. She moved down the street from me because she doesn't know anybody in the Bay Area with her daughter and her daughter and my son go to school together now. They're both at the same school on the season break. They had a sleepover last weekend. They're very good friends. But more importantly, Margaret's got hired as an SDR. She got promoted to senior SDR. And then this month she got promoted to AE and she's already closed two deals. Congratulations, Margaret. That is awesome. And now she's on our board of directors and obviously one of many examples of why this makes sense. Okay. So I know I've thanked you a bunch of times, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say it again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, but now let's talk about how this conversation is received when you go talk to some sales bosses or sales leaders that are looking at participating in the changes on the diversity and exclusion front, which is now what I call it. What what are those conversations like, Kate? Like for real, the good ones, the bad ones, like where how is this being received? What's working, what's not? Shockingly, I would say like 95 
98% of conversations are like, okay, great, let's get them fired. Really? There are some times that HR, of course, is like, well, what kind of backgrounds are we talking about? Like the most part, they want to hire from us. It's shocking to me because I honestly didn't know how it was going to be received, but I'm actually, um, I'm kind of proud of the tech community for that. That wraps another installment of the Revenue Real Hotline. I'd like to thank my guest for being so damn real and for sharing their insights and for, of course, being so much fun. And I'd like to thank you too, listeners. It means the world and I appreciate you. If you have any thoughts or comments or experiences you feel inclined to share, head straight over to revenuereal.com. There's a new join the conversation feature on the right side of the page. I am all damn ears. Final thought, we are introducing a coaching aspect to the show. So anyone who's brave enough to dig into an account strategy or outbound strategy sesh, that's where we kick things off. Please do follow the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. So you'll always have the latest episode downloaded. If you want to contact me, I'm at amy at revenuereal.com. If you want to follow me on social, Twitter is amy underscore Rahubchek and LinkedIn is linkedin.com backslash amy Rahubchek. This episode was produced by the fabulous Nian Fiedler. You rock, man. And I appreciate you too, friend. And of course, whatever you do, don't tell anybody about the show. Let's keep it our little secret. Until next time, all, I'm Amy Rahubchek. This is the Revenue Real Hotline. Happy selling. <laughs>